Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network presented to you by our friends at BetMGM. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me, as always, will be my co-host and colleague and friend, Nick Martin. Busy night coming our way on Tuesday in the NHL. This is March 14th, 12 games on the docket, but we will start. With the headliner, the clear headliner, we always start with our favorite underdogs, and you're not keeping me up. This one, uh, the Arizona Coyotes right now are plus 190, hosting the Calgary Flames, minus 225, at the Mullet Arena, the over-under, six and a half. Arizona is 17 and 14 at home this season. If you bet $100 on them every time they played at home, You'd be up a ridiculous $1,310 per action labs. That is the best ROI in the NHL by a wide, wide margin. The historic Boston Bruins are second. They would have won you $582. That's an 18.2% ROI. (laughs) The Coyotes, 42.3% ROI uh, at home this season. And they're just playing hard. They're making life miserable. And the Flames are a team that, because of their finishing talent and their, or I should say their lack of finishing talent uh, and their propensity for playing these coin flip games makes it really dangerous against Carol Vizmelka uh, and the Arizona Coyotes. Vizmelka, of course, would be the better starting option for Arizona should he go. Uh, but I like it either way. Uh, and I'm going to flip to you real quick for some trivia. So it's Arizona's the, the best bet at home this season. Boston's second. Do you know who the third best team is by ROI? I do not. You want to take a quick guess? Uh, no one's really coming to mind. I think this team would probably be, so we've already eliminated two, Arizona and Boston. This team would probably be 30th on your, or maybe like 26th on, on the teams you, you'd guess. It's got to be someone with some bizarre splits. And admittedly, I'm someone who does not track this stuff as part of my process. But yes, who is it? Montreal. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like early on they were scrapping out some wins at home. Yeah. Uh, But they're nowhere near our Coyotes. So for me, the underdog, 
Arizona. They're plus 190. What about you? I'll give an honorable shout out since I feel like we won't track back to this game that I'll keep an eye on Vejmelka's saves. I was kind of mad because I was just think the Flames opponent's goaltender save prop is such a good bet, especially when, like you say, it's a good chance that Arizona will hang around and keep the game close. So then the Flames keep pressing. We saw that last time they played in Arizona. I think they had like 50 something shots. So that's kind of the way I think this matchup goes a lot. I was kicking myself. I wrote an article on this Friday summarized by saying I wouldn't play Gibson save prop past 33 and a half. Um, the odds maker surprised me, made it 35 and a half. Didn't matter. Still cash because that's just, it seems like once it's at a point where you're actually projecting for 45 saves, they're not going to move it anywhere close to that. So I think this is one I'll keep an eye on that play for. Before I get into my underdog, which I really like, the Detroit Red Wings at Nashville. I think that the number we're getting here is excellent. These teams are not that far apart. I think I can honestly say if they were to play a seven-game series starting tomorrow, I might just rate my pick straight up would probably just be Nash or Detroit to win this game, especially with the bodies out of the lineup for the Predators. Um, Detroit stabilized to an extent. I think they had a good weekend, obviously, in those two Boston games. Um, they've got more top guys playing at a higher level, I think. I like the depth down the roster. Obviously, Nashville's depth's getting pretty thin with the trades they made and with with the guys that are out of the lineup. So this is just not a game that I think should be as widely priced as as it is. And I think it's it's almost like a square underdog, but I'm like, who's batting the Predators at this price at home? Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a good play on Detroit. I think I think you can make an argument that like when you look at the the mushy middle and I guess the standings might bear this out with these two teams when they finish up the season that they might be the two two teams that are closest to each other uh when you take out the the kind of the, the extremes at the top and the bottom and then kind of find like a median NHL team it could be the, like these two teams to me just they're both heavily right. flawed and like they both yeah, like you say, they're both heavily flawed, but they have a nearly identical record. The process looks similar. Detroit's actual roster for this game is arguably better with the guys out of the roster yep. or out of the lineup for Nashville. So I was pretty surprised at how wide this one opened, and I think it's definitely a good bet. So Red Wings and Coyotes. And as our underdogs, let's look at uh, the big board now. The Tampa Bay Lightning are plus 110 in Jersey. Take on the Devils. Uh, New Jersey's minus 130. The over under six and a half. The Devils have won three in a row. They're tied on points with Carolina atop the Metro. Carolina has uh, a game in hand. The Canes have lost two in a row. So this is a, a real race. Meanwhile, for the Lightning, you can, I mean, they're, they're four points back of Toronto, uh, but they played two more games. And, you know, when, like we've been saying this whole last two or three months, uh, it's just, it's, it's such a weird situation to be in as a professional sports team where you you've known your playoff opponent for so long and you've just been jockeying for home ice to prepare for that opponent uh but the lightning have been you know pedestrian i guess i thought their effort against winnipeg was fine uh probably a little unlucky not to tie that one up uh, to hit a couple posts but still three five and two over the last 10 i think they're kind of coming out of their slump their you know annual malaise as they've they're 15 games away from the end of their regular season uh the devils of, of course are, are the better team in this matchup top to bottom and a tier above i think the price is probably right in terms of the money line but you have a play on the total 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think for me, the over is a very reasonable play and I lean devils because it's just Tampa's been struggling to defend for so long that it's hard for me to see how this New Jersey attack is not going to raise some serious issues for them. Um, so I think it could be one where they just could have to try to outscore what is inevitably going to be like a three or four spot from the devils, I think. Um, so yeah, I have a strong lean with the over for sure. And, and New Jersey as a side, the Winnipeg jets, two huge results in the Florida two step to kind of buy themselves some, some big time breathing room in the, the playoff race in the Western conference. I mean, perfect timing by me. I was talking about how the flames, if you're going to bet Calgary and you wanted to bet them to get into the playoffs, you might as well just take them to win the Stanley Cup because if they do that, they'd be in good form. That means the goaltending probably sorted itself out, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then Winnipeg kind of stomps those hopes out with some gutsy performances. Their their five on five numbers recently have been they've been all right, like they're above average. Rather, except they're just not scoring enough, and the goaltending has struggled a little bit. Hellebuck seems to have stabilized uh, with a couple dandy performances in Florida back to back. I actually think that they are worth a bet here against Carolina. I know that the the Hurricanes continue to just pump a ton of rubber and tilt the ice in the right direction. But the goaltending situation for this matchup, as long as it's Hellebuck, of course, it's the type of situation we'll see with Carolina over and over again where if the goaltending disparity, I, and Kachekov was fine, I thought, in his first uh, go-around, and, and whether it's him or Anderson, it just feels like the, the, the gap is wide enough Hellebuck's in good enough form and the Jets are a competent team. Like this isn't Carolina versus Montreal or something where we're just like, okay, you just got to pray that Montembeau stands on his head and makes 57 saves. This is probably a, a much more reasonable ask uh, with a team uh, with, with Winnipeg scoring capability. So they're clinical. They should be a clinical offense with, with their scores. I'm banking on that at a, at a long number. So plus 170 on the road for the Jets who should be full of confidence wrapping up the Southeastern uh, portion of their schedule. Yeah, I'm a little scared. I kind of am seeing it the other way. I know Carolina Carolina cannot score right now. They scored one goal in the last three games. But in like this spot, three-game losing streak, they've been so dominant at home. They should be at full strength outside of Svechnikov. Their decor is so much better, one through six. I think it's one where I'm not willing to, to take a shot with the Jets. Just I think Carolina it could, could be an interesting spot to go to the Hellebuck save prop too because I think this is going to be a really a strong game from the Canes. And that Devils game, it's impressive breakdowns but it, it could have looked better i think like i'm not necessarily worried that Carolina's about to go on a legitimate run no not at all uh i just think the number is long enough on a, on a solid team with a great goalie against a team that just does this you know with these these scoring woes uh i guess better now for carolina than uh in a couple weeks in april let's talk about the knights and flyers next vegas is minus 190 on the road philly plus 160 at home the over under six uh, the Flyers off the ice, making all the headlines in the NHL with uh, some some general manager news. Danny Briere is in. Chuck Fletcher is out, and uh, I guess these you know it, you you can look at it as a lot of players will be playing starting now for their jobs, and they'll play hard. And they've been out of the playoff picture for so long. Then it's John Tortorella coach team, uh, but I think the big thing here is just Vegas's goaltending situation. It's just such a mess. Uh, Jonathan Quick, by the way, we we ragged on him. We got to give him a little credit. He's been pretty good for, for, sure. for Vegas. He's, he had a he had a great week since yeah. the last time we made that call. So I'll happily wear that. Um, yeah, but still, yeah, I like, agree. And I, can you trust for him sure? Still? And he might not even play this one. Yeah, yeah, and like I actually, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty reasonable spot to back 
Philly. We'll see. I'm hoping money pours in on Vegas. They were lucky I had them cover the puck line Sunday, actually, which was a pretty outrageous cover. So I'll take that. But I didn't think it was their best game by any means. It seems like a bit of a sell high spot for me, especially if money comes pouring in on them. If it's Hart versus either of those goalies, that's such a mismatch. Philly probably will find a way to make it competitive. So I actually think it could be a really interesting spot to consider a Flyers bet. Yeah, I I don't hate it at all. It's uh the Knights are, are gonna be hilarious to bet down the stretch. It's it's they're such a high ceiling, low floor team. So many different outcomes. I think you can when anytime they step on the ice and uh minus one ninety is just too much with, with the state of the roster right now. Uh, Montreal is in Pittsburgh. The Penguins are seven one and one in their last nine, but they've had a couple ugly losses. The two losses were really ugly, so I think that's why so much focus on has gone on the losses rather than the win. Of course, you know two of the wins just came this weekend since we last talked to, so that skews things a little bit. But uh, I still just don't think that Pittsburgh is a team you you can lay no matter who it is. This kind of juice with minus three forty hosting Montreal, who. Uh, we'll give you the honest effort. They, with if Sam, I mean, even Allen, like the, the two goalies are, are good enough that with the way Tristan Jari has been kind of just all over, his performance has been all over the map uh, since returning from injury. It's, it's just way too dangerous. So the Habs are interesting, I think, at the price, but I like a couple other underdogs on this slate more. So I'll just pass. Yeah, I, I think it for me, it's pens or nothing, but the price seems to be getting a little too wide. And they've cleaned up their game to an extent. Like I thought the Rangers performance, they were catching the Rangers in a good spot, but they only give up one odd man rush, which I thought was pretty interesting and has been kind of one of their greatest flaws. Like it looked really sharp mm-hmm. and it's such a big game for them matching Montreal in such a good spot with them playing tonight versus Colorado. So right. yeah, I, I feel like Ooh. I expect them to win this game. Yeah, and I really am interested to see how these last uh, you know, 17 games for Pittsburgh go because so much has been made b- about their defensive lapses that they could just maybe follow like the Islanders' lead a little bit and just revert back to playing a very neutral zone trappy kind of style and uh, low, low event and, and just isolate the goalie as best you can in that situation. But Right. Uh, and like to be fair to them... Because last year, like under Sullivan, even the last couple of years, they've actually been pretty good defensively. Oh, this defensive yeah, core, the last two months has been like a bottom, bottom point mm-hmm. for like what we've seen for so long. And even in like last year, if you remember, they were gaining like a little traction as like a team that could maybe do something in the playoffs and that people thought was pretty legitimate. And then they go into the series with New York and play what was a pretty damn good seven game loss. Like I think right. you'd be... I don't like the Penguins. I hate the Penguins. <laughs> They've ruined the Caps. Like, I might have watched three cup victories without them, but they were pretty damn unlucky to lose that series. And especially when you consider who they had playing in goal, I think it would be a pretty valid point to say that they were probably the better team. I think most neutral observers would agree. The analytics agreed by a mile. That was one of the biggest gaps ever by expected goals uh, for a team to lose in the playoffs. So, my point here is kind of just that a lot of the roster is still there and it was almost surprising how bad they were defensively. I still think the bottom six is going to be bad compared to any top teams in the East. Like I don't see, you know, how that's not going to be a concern and maybe kind of puts a ceiling on them. But yeah, I think that's like a fair note to say that even though it had been bad for so long, this decor is 
I guess, proven that maybe that that could be a, a bottom point. Yeah, and, and I think that's why it's been so surprising why we keep talking about the defensive issues is like this team was so, you can like set your clock to them being just like a solid five-on-five five defensive team under Sullivan for the past couple seasons and all of a sudden it just disappeared. Uh, and the only difference is what were, you know, John Marino and Matheson left, Petrie comes in uh, and it it just didn't look right. It didn't look, they didn't look themselves for a long part of the season they did have that hot streak in November and December. Then they went on another cold streak. So who knows how this thing ends up. But it does feel a little bit like last season, too, because that last season followed a very similar pattern with Pittsburgh where they sluggish, got hot. I think they went like 17-3-3 and in that run as well. And it was almost like identical to the one they went through through the holidays this year. Then they had their little malaise. And there was no pressure on them from behind. And then... uh got their act together before the playoffs and like you said they were the better team and just about everything that could go wrong uh, went wrong for them in that series uh, against the Rangers when Louis Domingue is playing six games uh, of, of seven that's a big problem but uh, yeah so I, I guess I just have them circled I think still because they so they play the, the Canadians then they play the Rangers twice uh, two more times so they're playing the Rangers three times in seven days if <laughs> If the Penguins do take care of business against Montreal and then sweep the Rangers in regulation over these next two games and with the way the two teams are trending, like that's not outside the realm of possibilities here. Like all of a sudden the race for third of the Metro comes alive. Hockey betting season is here, so get in on the action with the King of Sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, or any other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. The Boston Bruins played two games against the Detroit Red Wings uh, this weekend. They won one, they lost one. They were behind in both, uh, which constitutes a crisis with the way that things are going with the Bruins this season. Uh, and they came off that loss to Edmonton as well. So they're in a, maybe a get-right spot, despite the fact that they're 1-2 and two in their last three. Uh, in Chicago, minus 410, the Bruins are. The Blackhawks plus 330, uh, and the over-under is 6. Maybe some goal-scorer props or something. I think the two of us are, are way for Tyler Bertuzzi to find his footing a little bit in terms of like production with the Bruins. So is that where you're looking? I know I'm letting that one go. <laughs> I lost on that twice on the weekend. And I actually thought the second game, he was kind of invisible. So I'm like, 
screw that. I don't, I don't even think he's that great to begin with. So I think even though I'll say this, he'll actually do something, but I feel like this is what we talked about with like, not just slamming in props, waiting for them to hit. If he doesn't show enough, like whatever I could, I can live with it. If he doesn't do anything, that second line of Chicago, I'll give them a shout out is unreal right now. Like they're just killing it. The radish unit, uh, Gutman is playing really good hockey. So yeah, he's hurt though, right? Like Gutman just okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Okay, I saw I that pop really up today. Like, and I was like, oh, guys, I was kind of excited about him. And then all yeah, of a sudden, I know that, that and line I was thinking was about him. And on my timeline, his name popped up with an injury. Like literally, okay. as I was thinking about him, it's one of those weird moments in life. Yes, um, never thought a Gutman injury would be right. So exactly. Yeah. But that line's been unreal. So it's like, it's fair to say. Yeah. I don't, it's the Blackhawks, man. I think by the end of the season, they're going to like ice a lineup with uh, a forward group of, of less than like 300 NHL games. Well, I need experience. them to finish dead last. So you might get it. You might get it in a runaway, I think. Pretty close. It's a good fight for dead last right now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk Dallas and, and Canucks now. Uh, Stars are minus 140 on the road. Uh, Vancouver plus 120, and they're playing good hockey. The over under is six. I don't know where this line would be. Like, two weeks ago i think you might have seen like stars minus like 165 or something uh but the canucks are in good form uh i'm gonna probably pass here but you were thinking about it i'm thinking about the canucks i was kind of embarrassed i thought the sins were a good take uh saturday pretty much with the my take being that like how is this game priced this evenly and then vancouver just kind of slapped them so and they've been really good. Like I actually respect they've been a lot better. And I think when we talk about like the price change, one of the biggest differences, Demko was a top five goalie last year. So he was part of the reason they they had that whole turnaround under Bruce. I shouldn't even say parties, pretty much the main reason they turned it around under Bruce um, and went on that tear. And now Demko's playing so good again. And it's not like this is just some guy playing really good. Like this was an elite goaltender who struggled at the beginning of the year through what everyone knew was an injury he kind of pinned his struggles entirely on that in some interviews. And he's kind of backing that talk up because now he's playing really good again. So I think that does change the way you have to like view Vancouver when they go from being like a team that was getting some of the league's worst net mining this year. And like now they're getting some of the best goaltending in, in the entire league. And maybe that could actually continue moving forward. And I know like their defensive environment is horrible. Like you, it's tough to be a goaltender on that team, but yeah, it, it does seem like, for me, it's honestly the Canucks are nothing. The, the Stars are playing tonight in um, Seattle. They will probably be going with Edinger in that game. Yeah, he's confirmed now. Okay, so they'll, they'll be going with Matt Murray in this game. And Murray's been respectable. Uh, good AHL numbers look solid in his small NHL sample, but I still think it's just a spot where you're going with the Canucks or nothing. Especially, and I, I think that's a good note, especially because I think the stars will be the public, yeah. the popular public play, and kind of the the look where a lot of people are like, "Why would this not be just a smash spot for Dallas?" Uh, the Blue Jackets and Sharks, last place in the East against last place in the West. Somehow San Jose has found its way all the way to the to the bottom here. Uh, the Jackets are plus one thirty five. The San Jose Sharks right now in their current form are minus one fifty five favorite. That's crazy. I think uh, the over under six and a half. Uh, it's it's an easy pass, but when a lot of times when I say either on this show or or Wonder Goal, which the, the soccer show I host for Action Network, like I want to meet the person who's betting San Jose Sharks minus one fifty five right now. 
I don't mean that as a slight. I actually do. I want to hear it out. And because, and, you know, there are there's going to be someone out there who's maybe a professional gambler and, and who's who, who has an edge on San Jose. And like, I just would like to hear it. Right. Or meet that person. So um, that's my take on the game. It's just nothing for me. What about you? Yeah, I think this is a good spot to maybe go with some goal scorers odds on. Uh, I mean, it's easy to make the case for any of them, considering <laughs> it's Elvis for Columbus with that defense, and and uh, could be Capo Kakinen. He he rested Saturday in favor of Reimer, who didn't have such a great night. Um, and the two that I'm kind of eyeing are Eklund or Zetterland with San Jose. They're on the top line now, top power play unit. This is all very price dependent. Um, so those are kind of the two I have my eye on looking for hopefully around plus 350 on either. It's going to be a wild game. And now we got to talk about the Islanders on a West Coast swing through California here. Usually the Islanders in my lifetime, they, they go out West through California early in the year. I can distinctly remember them losing opening night against the Arizona Coyotes or then Phoenix Coyotes and uh, the to kick off the 06-07 season. And they started that year 0-3 They because then they got shut out by Evgeny Nabokov and then they lost to the Kings 4-2 before getting their first win of the season against the eventual Stanley Cup champion Ducks. Um, but now they're going through the California swing in what is, uh, you know, must-win spots for them. I, I mean, not every game individually, but you got to come out ahead on the trip, the three-game trip, two against the Sharks and, and Ducks. But first, it's the Kings and, and Los Angeles is minus 145. The Isles are plus 125 in the over-unders, five and a half. Island, the Islanders have just completely changed how they play. I don't think people realized how open the Islanders were playing through the first 45 to 55 games of the season. They were giving up a ton. They were creating a lot of chances the other way, and it was just back and forth. And uh, that is gone now, and, and we're starting to hear the, the, the boring Islanders talk again, which is fine. Go for it. But it is an absolutely seismic shift when you consider where their numbers were to where they are now. Like they they they're allowing over their last, uh, I think it's since eleven games or so. It's it's one point nine six expected goals per sixty, which is best in the league. And their high danger chances against are right up there too. Uh, I think it's them and Carolina basically been been trading the number one spot uh, over the past fortnight or so. That's just not how they were playing. I know the reputation is that the Islanders have been playing this like rigid defensive style for for years, but under the first forty five games under Lambert, it wasn't that way, and it's working for them. Obviously, they're still without Matt Barzell. I think JG Peugeot will suit up, which actually does matter here. Um, another penalty killer. It takes it kind of takes the burden off of Horvat, who's been killing penalties in his stead, and and they'll have Sorokin in goal, almost certainly. So. I think it would be Islanders or nothing at the price. I know Los Angeles has, has been playing well, but I think the goaltending edge, don't think we're going to be seeing Kevin Fiala, who's who's dealing with an injury as well. So should be a tight. I mean, this one screams 2-1. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, my thoughts were, I kind of just thought pass. I didn't really see much here um, to get involved with. So yeah, that's kind of all I had on that. I think you kind of summarized the Islanders take pretty well. And Fiala is a massive loss. He's been basically generating the most chances, getting the most shots, creating the most points, whatever you want to look at. He's a huge driver for the Kings. So that is kind of a meaningful loss, or I shouldn't say kind of a, a giant loss. 
right. Uh, top shelf bets now. Our favorite bets for Tuesday, March 14th. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. We'll start with you. We have a slight disagreement on yours, so we'll go there first. Caps are plus 145 at Madison Square Garden. Play the Rangers, who are minus 170. Uh, the over-under is six and a half. Take it away. Yeah, so it's a bit of an ugly one considering how favored the Rangers are. But my case here kind of revolves around the spot. I think it's a really good time for New York to figure it out a little bit. They've been winning, but I think even Rangers fans would say it's been pretty ugly. The process has not looked good. So that's a bit of a soft sell here. But they've been completely embarrassed by the Caps twice this season. It was 4 nothing in MSG. And then I think it was 6-1 last month, 5-1, whatever it was. It wasn't close. New York completely just handed them the game. I don't think that's going to happen here. They still should be a spot for Shesterkin. He's been shining lately. He's getting back into form. They have so much more offensive talent. They've got a power play that should be elite, whether they... We talked about how I'm not sure, like, you know, it's going to go with taking Zabinijad off that top unit. It seems like a waste of, like, one of the better power play players in the league. But still, they have so much more talent. They have a lot of guys moving the needle in the right direction. So I could just see this being a game where maybe it doesn't look like New, Jer- New York um, completely dominates the game. But I think the the goaltending, the ability to finish, I think those are things that are going to shine through in this game. And I like this as a big spot for the Rangers to kind of make a statement and pull it together a little bit. If Ryan Lindgren's out, this team looks very different. It's really strange um, because... Like, I think he's a solid defenseman, but it feels like Adam Fox's game is so reliant on him. And I, I don't know what it is, the fact that they played so much together for so long uh, now. That, cause right, neither... and Mikola's not working. Right, exactly. Like, I wonder, we'll see if like, that's a definite concern. Um, I still just, I look at the talent in these games, what the Rangers are supposed to be, what the Caps' current roster is, and I'm like, are they going to explo- exploit that? Will the Caps exploit their kind of the flaws we've seen out of them the last couple games? I don't think so. I think it's going to be like a a good spot for the Rangers to kind of get right and have a comfortable win. The total here is six and a half. The the, the over is plus money, so maybe it, it closes at six. But these two teams have been playing pretty poor defensively, that Capitals-Islanders game notwithstanding, um, where I thought they were really good. Uh, giving up a lot of chances both ways. And that makes sense with when you consider what happened to both the rosters at the trade deadline. With the Rangers, it was subtraction by addition defensively and with the capitals it was subtraction by subtraction uh so i think this one could actually go off the rails i'm really interested to see shesterkin because i know people are saying he's back he played a a good solid uh kind of end to that game in montreal and then was really good uh against pittsburgh or excuse me against uh, buffalo in his last start so yeah i'm i i would lean towards washington here but um, I'll probably stay away. I think the Rangers just four, four and one in their last nine since since they've had to throw things into flux to make room for Kane. They're four, four and one, and and only one of those wins has come in regulation. So they just I just don't know if they figured things out. And I think the coaching has left a little bit to be desired as well. Just forcing things. Um, everything was working well, and then I know that the move blew it up a little bit. But you could have kept the things that were really, really working for two years now together and, and they haven't done that. So weird right. spot. They're def- I mean, they're definitely acclimating. It's a bit of a weird spot, yeah. but I do think like the price is like, there's a realistic possibility that 10 games from now that we're viewing this as like a game. Right. Where it could, yeah. Like a minus two thirty. So yeah, I think like we're getting a bit of a number to try to like 
and like the caps right now, they have no forwards who are, you know, just going to drive play and generate like elite looks. Yeah, they don't need them. They got Sandine. They don't need anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this, and that's like, I think it's like a, it's hard to say a sell high spot on the caps who no one thinks are good, but I almost think that's what it is where it's like, even the Islanders game, I think their expected goals was like like 2.26 and it didn't seem like that much better of a game than that realistically. So I just don't think there's enough guys that are really just driving play in the right direction. There's a lot of solid guys, but I don't think there's enough star power because that's of an OV really are not looking good at five uh, in five on five play um, power plays middling. So there's just not a lot of stuff that I'm like excited about to do with the team right now. I think it's the game of the night too. Uh, Cause you know, Washington can, whether it's just a, a, a hallucination or not, like play themselves quote unquote back into the playoff mix with a win. And if the Rangers don't get a point in that game and then their next two are coming against Pittsburgh, some alarm bells go off. So there's, I think in terms of what's at stake for both teams, it's the game of the night. Cause I mean, you can, say like oh you know lightning devils or jets hurricanes when you two really good teams playing each other those are the game of the nights but uh considering both teams have so much at stake here i think it's it's caps and rangers and and look at that the nhl got it right for once they are the national televised game on tuesday night in oh, the great. states <laughs> yeah that would it would be insane i don't really know if i think it would happen but pens are six back yeah of New York, I think Pittsburgh wins tomorrow. Like I said, I think New York wins tomorrow, but I mean, we can pretty much, it'd be shocking if Pittsburgh didn't win. And then if uh, New York did lose this, the Pens win. Those two games later in the week look pretty interesting. Um, And you, I mean, I guess you're avoiding, you know, if you finish third, you're playing Carolina. Maybe, right. It's, so. a, it's, it's, it's not like debatable what is like that much right. more of a disaster, but it's it and they're the, the Islanders. If you know the Islanders, I guess could you know if things really went off the rails with the Rangers, like make make things interesting and, and throw them into the wild card spot. But uh, psychologically, just like falling out of a spot where, that you've been in for the entire season is yeah, is and like funny. it's kind of debatable what is even best because right. Like, so New Jersey and Carolina are tied right now in points. It's, so yeah, it's, it's the same. Like, there's really no. I don't think there's a discernible difference between three and four in the Metro. There's nothing um, you're picking at all. That's for hmm? sure. I was just saying none of those options are one where you're like, this is a slam dunk compared to. Right. Any yeah. You're not, this is not the old Southeast division when the Rangers finished sixth and they got to play the thrashers in the first round. Cause the thrashers finished as maybe the worst number three team in any sports history. Um, all right. We'll close up with, with my best bet. I like the senators, another big dog. They're plus one, 80 plus 185 in uh, Edmonton. The Oilers around minus 215. The over-under here is seven. Boy, this, the goaltending is really scary in this one uh, for the Senators. It could be Kevin Bandelis. It could be uh, Matt Sogard. Either option, not great. Uh, Sogard was, has had a couple duds in the past six or seven days when the Senators really looked like they could be making a charge and then fell on their face with losses in Chicago and, and Vancouver. This is a tricky spot for Edmonton as well. They're coming off of a couple of huge games, right? Like, like they played in Buffalo. They got the win. Then they go to Boston, an emotional 3-2 win where they gave the, the Bruins, I think, their first loss in which the Bruins blew a third-period lead all season. And then they lost in Toronto in, in you know the McDavid-Matthews Hockey Night in Canada showdown. So a little bit of a letdown spot. They're also coming home after a long road trip. So spot-wise... 
not great. And the Senators are a team that should have the talent to punch up well. The defense should should steadily improve as uh, Chikrin gets integrated and got, you know, Sanderson gets more uh, time under his belt as well. And they just the, the offensive firepower there, especially if Jack Campbell starts, doesn't look that way, but we can cross our fingers and hope, uh, could give the Oilers some issues. So I think it's just a good price on, on the Senators, and I'm happy to take it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a really good price with the Sens um, to try and exploit some of the, the Oilers' weaknesses. I think it could be an interesting one, too, if you want to take a super long shot on the Sens parlayed with the over. If they win, I think it's like 5-3. So that could be a fun look to get some extra juice. Or maybe You don't if think you Kevin Mandelisi is going to shut out Connor McDavid? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or if you want to you know, play uh, some of the Sens props or their team total, I think those are really good looks as well. Should be a really fun game. Um, so yeah, I think there's just enough concerns with Edmonton that when you see them facing a really elite offense, the Sens have been really, really good offensively. Yeah. There's like this trip has started horribly. The Vancouver game was bad. The Flames game the next night was awful. But that's kind of been like the nut low from what we've seen from Ottawa for like the whole second half of the year. And even the start, like they're consistently among the leaders for chances generated. And they just had such a hard time finishing at the beginning of the year. But like we've made the case a lot. A lot of people have. That was pretty shocking considering the names on the board with Giroud, Stutzla, Batherson, Kachuk. They've got guys that are going to finish. So, you know, if you're going to generate at an elite level, it's not like that's going to be. I don't think it's been like, uh, you know, surprising that they've started to finish a lot of chances. It's probably still more the opposite that the offense is where it is overall. And they've got an elite power play too. So there's a lot of arguments that suggest they can hang in here. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Line Change presented by BetMGM. At the top, we gave our underdogs, pesky Arizona Coyotes, the Detroit Red Wings in Nashville, uh, and then our best bets, Ottawa Senators in Edmonton and uh, the New York Rangers against the Capitals. For Nick Martin, I'm Michael Leboff. We will see you again on Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.